By the end of Exodus, Israel has finished building the tabernacle. It's a large tent that's going to function as God's house among Israel's camp. As we've noticed throughout many of our readings, God isn't someone who can be approached by anyone at just any time. Remember, God appeared to Moses in the form of a burning bush, not being consumed by the fire. The fire is representative of God's holiness and how those who get near to him might end up being burned. Well, the book of Leviticus is God's instructions to Israel on how to be the bush that isn't being consumed, how to live with the holy God. The first instruction that God gives Israel is that if they are going to be drawing near to God, they need to start with a sacrifice. Leviticus chapter 1 details the burnt offering. God allows a number of options for this offering. It could be a bull, a sheep, a goat, or even a bird. All of these animals had different values. God says to Moses in verse 2, when any one of you brings an offering. Well, not anyone could afford a bull, but some more could afford a lamb or goat. But even if you couldn't afford one of those, you could probably snare a pigeon. So God is inviting anyone to come and be holy, but it doesn't matter what kind of animal you bring, it always has to be the best. For both the cattle and from the flock, the sacrifice has to be an unblemished male. These were the most valuable of the livestock, and God isn't going to accept anything less. You read in Malachi chapter 1, where God condemns Israel for polluting his sacrificial table by offering the lame, the blind, the sick, in a word, really, the trash. In turn, they keep the best for themselves. Well, whatever we bring to God, it needs to be our best. The worshiper brings the offering to the tabernacle, and they were to place their hand on the animal's head. It's this act that makes the sacrifice acceptable to God. In a way, we should probably understand this as the worshiper transferring his sin in some sense to the animal. We see Aaron doing this to the scapegoat in Leviticus chapter 16. Well, the worshiper, after he does this, is then obligated to kill the animal himself. The blood's to be collected in a basin and offered to God by being splashed against the sides of the altars. The animal's then broken down piece by piece and burned piece by piece on top of the altar, beginning with the head and the fat. As the priest did this, the worshiper prepared the other parts by washing the hind legs and the guts. And this was likely to remove all the clinging excrement which would have been polluting the offering. And then everything except for the skin was offered to God in the fire. The process of offering the birds was much simpler. It didn't require the division of labor between priest and worshiper as the livestock did. In such offerings, the priest did pretty much everything. The worshiper, all he had to do was remove the crop, that's the food storage sack in a bird's neck, with its contents and then split the bird open. Now, all of this would have been a very moving occasion for the worshiper. It would restore their relationship with God. But what is the significance of all these different acts that we find happening within the sacrifice? Well, the general aim of the sacrifice is to be accepted before God. There are a lot of ways that you can be estranged from him, and sacrifice brings you back closer. In verse 4, we're told that you shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Atonement, kippur, if you're familiar with the modern Hebrew day Yom Kippur, is to pay a ransom. When certain crimes were committed that required the death penalty, a ransom could be paid instead, and it would spare the offender. Well, in Isaiah 33, verse 14, the question is asked, Who among us can dwell with a consuming fire? Well, by offering a sacrifice, that substitute is offered 
the ransom is offered, which the fire now consumes. This then provides that soothing aroma to the Lord. And that soothing aroma was actually mentioned previously in Genesis chapter 8.21 after the flood. After Noah comes out of the ark, he offers an offering to God. And in verse 21, we're told that when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. Man is unchanged, but the sacrifice is something that can soothe the Lord and change his attitude. Sacrifice really is the best appeasement for an angry God. But what's the relevance of this sacrifice for followers of Jesus? Because we don't have a temple to bring our livestock to, so does sacrifice have any kind of significance to us today? Well, we can understand this in two different ways. First, as a description of Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus saw his life as a sacrifice that makes atonement for us. It's what pays the ransom for our death penalty. In Mark 10.45, he says that he came to give his life as a ransom. We also see this concept in the minds of Paul in Ephesians 5.2 and Peter in 1 Peter 1.18 and 19. Paul speaks of the sacrifice that turns the wrath of God away from us in that soothing aroma. Peter speaks to the superior quality of the sacrifice that Jesus made and our appropriate appreciation of it. Because of his superior sacrifice, it was only needed once for all people. That's in Hebrews 7.27. But it's not just Jesus offering the sacrifice. We offer our sacrifice as well. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, appealing to us by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So just as Jesus gave himself for us, we are to give ourselves for God. We sacrifice ourselves as we become transformed into God's image with our minds being renewed in his image. The burnt offering was to be completely consumed by the fire. Well, through the sacrifice of Jesus, our sins are completely removed as we put ourselves on the altar and offer ourselves completely to him.